It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Who they think you're going to beat them Bengals? It is the Locked On Bengals podcast with your hosts Joe Goodberry and Jake Lisko. Find us on Twitter at Joe Goodberry and at Jake underscore NFL. Please like, subscribe, and share as we try to grow this community and pump out daily Bengals content just for you. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Today, we're going to talk about OTAs. Before we get there, a reminder that we are available on the new Himalaya podcasting app that can produce personally curated playlists made just for you by expert podcast tastemakers. Go check us out on the Himalaya app, or if it's not there, we're still available on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, etc. Today's show is also brought to you in part by Hotels.com. And I guess I just want you to go take a vacation is what this comes down to. If you have kids, summer breaks coming up, go to, you you know, Disney World or something. I jumped in there three times. (laughs) I was going to try to say, do you have a vacation planned this week or this year, Jake? Well, we're still recording. So uh, (laughs) this weekend I'm going camping. So that's sort of a vacation. I'm not taking any time off work yet. I just started my job. So not taking time off work yet. Mm. So there's a lot going on today, huh, Joe? We, we had an open day of OTAs, which means we have great tweets from a bunch of our favorite beat writers. So Kat Terrell, we'll start there. She came on the podcast last week, so obviously we're going to start there. She tells us that on the rehab field today were AJ Green, Clint Bowling, Joe Mixon, Darquez Denard, Jermaine Pratt, Jordan Evans, Darius Phillips, Rodney Anderson, and Rod Taylor. Okay. Yeah. So... You know, that might be why Jermaine Pratt hasn't signed his contract. You mentioned this to me uh, last week, I think, when we were wondering, why hasn't Jermaine Pratt signed? You said, well, maybe he's hurt and he needs to get healthy before the Bengals will give him the contract to sign. And if he's on the rehab field, that could certainly be the case. Sure, or sometimes it works the other way, where the player um, 
you know, we'll be like, well, let me get healthy first because he there could be something in the contract that says, well, if you get hurt, this injury that you currently have right now, um, it won't count for, you know, uh, or, or your signing bonus could be stripped or whatever could happen. So and I know that these deals are normally set in stone, but language can be fluid yes. with these deals. Cat Terrell also says that Alex Redman and Christian Westerman were back at practice. We didn't see, I didn't see anyway, anyone say who was lining up with the second team offensive line, but neither of these guys were on the first team offensive line, which reportedly was the same as last week with Bobby Hart at right tackle, uh, Williams at left tackle, and Cordy Glenn at left guard with Miller, Miller. Miller right guard and, and Billy Price at center. So two weeks in a row, and yep. presumably in between also, because we're only getting notes from uh, two days out of the, the two weeks. Uh, you have to assume that uh, all things considered, who's healthy, but I do think I have a feeling that this is the O-line, and I think that as longer it goes, the more comfort you'll have with it, but it doesn't mean it's going to be better because of you're comfortable with it. It's just because you'll hear it more often. Uh, yes. Yeah, it, it's still a very uh, big concern for this team. Indeed. Also of note on the injury front, Carl Lawson and Ryan Glasgow did a similar similar workout together like they did last week. Uh, then it says, later tweet, Alex Remen ended up working off to the side, so I guess he wasn't actually back. That is a false report or something that changed. Tyler Redford also not a full participant in these practices. So in terms of future OTAs, just in case you're wondering when we're going to get more news next week, there's one more open day of OTAs. The following week, I believe, is the mini camp, which is fully open all three days, I think, if I understood the reporter's tweet who said it correctly, and I can't remember who it was now. Um, so those are the remaining days for news we have until essentially training camp comes around. That's the rest of the offseason program. We kind of have a digesting day like last week, though, where we'll get reports, not reports, I should say. We'll get news stories. We'll get stories. We'll get all this, all these notes that these beat writers took and yes. get it all wrapped up, and we'll be able to digest that tonight and tomorrow yes. and give us something to talk about for tomorrow's podcast. And, and generally, they'll write some stories tomorrow, too. So anything yeah. that they've got in their notes that they haven't tweeted out, we'll, we'll see some of that coming out tomorrow. Sometimes well. the good quotes, right, are saved for those things. Yeah. The one piece that went up on Bengals.com is about Drew Sample. He's drawing praise from Andy Dalton, who's called him polished or something to that effect. He, he's drawing praise from all over the staff, and it could be because he's a second rounder and they need to talk him up and they know that they've got a bit of a PR campaign on their hands. Or it could be that he's just better than we all think he is. I'd love to ask that question who, to whoever could answer it. How much of a, a PR campaign do you do you put out for some players? Whether that be, um, at times it felt like perfect. Of he's not that bad. He does more. You know, there's there's a lot of good plays you guys don't talk about. To Andy Dalton too. Sometimes Russell Bodine definitely got that. I, I felt like at times, uh, and I you know the, all those guys weren't bad at all. A lot of them actually had had, had very successful careers. But uh, I would say you know I wonder if that happens with rookies because. I think initial reaction to a draft pick can sometimes carry for far too long, whether that be on the good or bad side of a, of a player's career. So uh, I wonder if the team tries to get out ahead of it and says, no, this is really a good pick. Or do they feel the need to defend it because they're not normally out ahead of these things? I would say this is atypical behavior for the Bengals at the very least, right? Yeah. Can you think of another draft pick that they've pimped the way that they're pushing sample out there? Like this is... Multiple weeks in a row where he is the headline on Bengals.com. 
I think Russell Bodine, and I hate to say it, right? Because remember, he walked in, they said, he's our starter. He's our guy. We've traded up for him. We drafted yeah. him because we really like him. Um, he's He started all four years. He's a smart guy. He's a tough guy. Yada, but yada, wasn't yada. that mostly Paul Alexander? Well, I mean, that's who would say it, right? James Casey's here singing uh, the praises of Drew Sample also. Well, but, but so was A.J. Green uh, a week ago. So that's was true. Andy Dalton. So was Tyler Eifert. And I can't remember five years ago who was all talking I good. I, I remember Andy Dalton was saying he's got to get the snaps correct. Remember that? That first uh, yeah. camp? Yeah. So maybe... You know, maybe there, there was a little frustration there. I'm sure it's a mix, right? I, I mean, maybe he's going out there. And I would fully believe that he, you know, he was reported to be a very smart guy. And if you're coming into the league yep. as a developed, you know, technique savvy blocker, you're going to probably look pretty good early. Well, because they're not all like that. Nine out of 10 of these draft prospects at tight end are not good blockers. Right. They, exactly. that you have to teach them all that. There's a weird amount probably of capable run-blocking tight ends in this draft between Sample and yeah. Hawkinson and Foster Moreau. Yep, and Trevon Wesco and so on. There's yeah. some late guys. Yeah. Uh, the one criticism that came out was James Casey saying that he has some, some details to take care of at the top of routes, accelerating out of his routes sufficiently, and that could be an athletic limitation, right? He wasn't an elite agility guy. He was an above-average sure. agility guy. But I think this definitely stood out on tape for me. When I watched him in his limited use in the, in the Washington offense, he was fine running routes versus zone. And what does that require? That's the mental capacity. That is uh, understanding how defenses are playing you, where the soft spot is, the timing when the quarterback's going to look for you, uh, especially as a check down kind of guy, which he did a lot on drag routes. And then, you know, it's either sit versus zone or keep running through if it's man. And he was flawless in that. I thought he was really good in that way. Uh, but in against man coverage, when he had actually had a safety or a linebacker covering him one-on-one, and this is when you need to be good in your routes. This is when you need to be deceptive and at the top of your routes. You don't want to lean left or right if that safety is head up with you and you're kind of giving it away or, or you're not as clean out of your breaks and you allow him to regain his footing and catch up and break up the pass or make it a tighter throw than it needs to be. I think that's where Sample has to work. So if they're working on him and they're aware that that was his weakness, I love that. I, you know, I, I don't mind. Every player's got a weakness or somewhere they can improve. I like when I see something and the team immediately agrees or sees it also, and it makes you feel much better about that guy uh, reaching his potential. How about the transparency from this staff overall? We're getting actual targeted, specific, like here's something that he needs to work on in regard to Drew Sample. And the the frankness that we get from, from Callahan, who I will never stop gushing about, as the way he interacts with the media and even Zach Taylor. I, I mean, he's, he's a professional coach speaker, coach talker for sure, but you still get, you feel like a little bit of genuineness there and that's echoed. And, and I think what the players had to say, but let's get into some more of the OTA stuff after we take a quick break. You have I was one, just going to add yes, just go. to that, because I think this is a, is a good point, Jake. And it's that I think when they're open and honest and when you have evaluators or analysts or even just or beat writers, I don't want to say just, but even and beat writers and they can agree or even fans and you can agree like, yeah, he does need to work on that. Or I do think he's really good in that phase. It allows you to align with the team rather than feel like you're swimming against them. And it affords yeah. them some some you know benefit of the doubt that, hey they are aware of what the issue is and they're going to correct it or they're working to correct it rather than before of you got the feeling of you guys don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what you're seeing, seeing we're the coaches. We know what they're doing. This guy is great. And it's like, ah, 
are you sure you guys know what you're doing? Because it doesn't seem like it because you can't even admit when a guy struggles in a certain area. But now we're getting the opposite. And this is why they've almost managed to sell me on Bobby Hart, right? Because because (laughs) everything they're saying kind of is like, yeah, all right, that makes sense. It sounds like you know what you're talking about. You have a lot of credibility because the things you're saying line up with my worldview, which, you know, biases are a thing or whatever, but... Because if they say about Bobby Hart, they go, we know he's not perfect. Okay, but you know what he is? He's a decent run blocker. He's tough. He's very durable. We're going to have a little bit more help in this scheme, and it's going to hide him a little more. Our running game, our play action, where he's going to be hidden a little bit more, uh, he's going to be fine at right tackle. If they said that to you one-on-one, you'd be like, all right. You know, you'd kind of back off a little bit. Like, I'll let, you, I'll trust you guys. Go ahead and, and try this. Now, if it goes eight weeks and he's killing the offense, I'll be back on the on this horse screaming up the top of the mountain. But uh, until then, if you know when they do give you the reasons why it could work, I can ride with it. It is it is nice though. Like like you say, it's it's nice to have the coaches that are giving us a little bit more to talk about. Um, he didn't say much about Redmond's suspension. He just kind of said it is what it is. That's all I got there. Anyway, let's go to a quick break. Um, We'll come back. There's also Jared McCoy updates to give. We haven't talked about him yet today. And we'll talk about what some of the players are saying because I think that that's been enjoyable. And as always, there's just a ton of notes out there, a ton of information that came from the beat writers today. So we'll be right back after this break. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Bengals Podcast. It is our second week of OTAs for the Bengals. We were flooded with quotes and information and the notes, which is uh, always good for this time of year, end of May, beginning of June. This is all we got to look forward to. But, Jake, I thought we got a lot of good stuff from players talking about the excitement again, right? These, these are things we want to hear at this point. And these are, I think a lot of teams that have a changing of the guard, especially a head coach are going to say these things. So is it the fan in me that wants to believe them or that I am starting to believe these guys? I don't know if you would get this particular kind of quote, you would get generally supportive stuff like, yeah, it's different. There's a fresh energy, like all that stuff. Sure. Whatever. Or like, yeah, he runs a tight ship. Like you would get compliments for sure. Mm -hmm. But John Ross saying this is the the what what was it the I, I got the quote right here from Cat Terrell. Yeah. She tweeted this. This is exact her tweet. She said, "I think C.J. Ozama mentioned the word fun ten times today in describing Zach Taylor's method of teaching." And John Ross said, "It's obvious you can see the difference differences in the room." Ross said, "These OTAs have felt like the best weeks of his career," and she has more. She said she will post later. So look out for those. I mean, best weeks of your career for a guy that has obviously struggled in, in ways. And we, we don't have to talk about Ross, but it, I do love to hear this um, coming from him. But CJ Ozama saying the same thing. I think overall, these guys are all echoing the same remarks. And I wish I could find the quote. I feel like it was deleted or something. There's a quote where he Zach Taylor was saying, you know, we're not out here yelling at guys. Or maybe it was somebody talking about it. They're not yelling at guys when they screw up. 
they're taking him aside. They're being like, okay, here's what you got to do instead. And then they're like, they're laughing about it. Right. Which if you're an old school person out there, you're like, no, you can't, you can't just coddle these guys. But I think, I think you have to coddle these guys. That's a different generation. And yeah. And they're receptive to it. They're learning better from it. And we all thought that's what we thought we were going to get from that. And you said this before we started recording. This is what we thought we were going to get from Zach Taylor from his introductory press conference. Yep. And then they went out and hired Jim Turner. We're like, oh, maybe this, maybe, maybe we got the wrong read. But this right. is what he's doing. And, and this and, is what Sean McVay did too. I mean, when you talk, you or, when you hear the quotes of guys that have played for the Bengals and then go to the Rams. Obviously, Andrew Whitworth is what I'm talking about. But then you see the same things of what what the Bengals players are echoing. And, and Whitworth's quote stood out to me. He said, "He Sean McVay teaches you." how to do it, not just what to do. He doesn't just tell you this is what you're supposed to do. He tells you this is why we're doing it. This is how we're doing it. Your job is important because it's going to set up this. That's that's what you want to know. I don't want to know it's just a ham sandwich. What's in that ham sandwich? You know, what's the whole picture? And it seems like that's how they're the same methods are being being taught by Zach Taylor's staff to the Bengals. And I think the little details make – a huge difference. You don't think the Patriots and Bill Belichick are teaching details and everything because that's exactly what they're winning with. Yeah, and it's nice to see that you know they're holding guys accountable as well. I'm sure it's the same thing elsewhere, and and there's this focus on accountability and learning the stuff. And they they said they're making it interactive. I'm sure I'll find this quote later when we're done. But because then the one said that Lou Anarumo was the one only coach right. to yell today as uh, somebody blew an assignment in the flats. Which for me, as a defensive guy or as a guy that's coaching the trenches, I would probably be a little more vocal. And guys, you can't have a system systematic breakdown. You know, you can't leave a zone open because you're going to get exploited in in today's NFL every time. So if, if they're the ones freaking out. That's fine with me because it's it's you got to be here at this time, regardless of of what you may think. You can explain it later to him, but uh, sometimes it's uh, worthy to blow your cool a little bit. Yeah, and, and that's right. That's Paul Denner who said for the first time some anger from Lou Anarumo really getting after the defense for a blown coverage in the flat. Still learning about the style of all of these coaches, and that was the most significant outburst that Paul has witnessed from anyone. No, no worthy. And and. Uh, it's it's interesting that it's noteworthy, right? Because this is day number what X Y Z. I don't know what day it is. Five that has been an open practice. Second OTA day that's been open, but I think they had some access for the rookie mini camps, right? I think. Yeah, yeah and they had also a week and of there, veterans before rookies. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's a voluntary bonus week before that, so I think they've had some access before. And if this is the first time you're saying we're seeing any sort of explosion from the coaches, I mean, maybe maybe this is just because I'm a millennial, but I, I like that. There, there's probably not a whole lot of science that says yelling at people is a very good motivator. I mean, I know the army does it, but they've even relaxed on it. So, um, as somebody who reads parenting stuff a lot, as much as I think about the Bengals and Marvel and other nerdy stuff, I, uh, I also try to read and watch parenting tips and stuff like that. And yeah, they say explaining is, goes. Um, 100 miles while yelling goes a mile. Yeah. And this is why you should get Joe a Grip 6 belt for Father's Whoa. Day. Because he puts in the work <laughs> for Father's Day gifts. We're not going to a break yet, though. We'll tell you about Grip 6 again in a second. The most noteworthy thing today is probably that Nick Vigil cut his hair. That is noteworthy. Because now he's a new man. 
looking for a breakout in his final year of his. This is year four, right? Yeah, yes. this is year four. Yep. Wow. Think of that class, right? Because a lot of these guys need deals if we get to that point. Because I'd be cool with extending William Jackson this offseason. And then it's Tyler Boyd, Nick Vigil, uh, Andrew Billings. And obviously we don't know what we have in Christian Westerman at this point. But, uh, you know, so if, if he was to be extended at the end of the year, that would be because he did something good in 2019. Mm-hmm. Yep, Nick Vigil has a picture of his haircut on Jay Morrison's timeline, and I can relate to Nick Vigil today because I once cut a man bun off. It was a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. It was, it I remember it. January 2018, that was a big day in my life, and I'm sure Nick Vigil... You were known for that, you know season, that, right? In the Goodberry household, yes. When I told my wife, she said, Who are, who'd you find for a partner on, on Lockdown? I said, oh, Jake Lisko. She said, is that the guy you did the videos with, right? The film review. I said, yeah. She goes, does he still have the man bun? And I said, and this is before we, we linked up and talked face to face. And I said, I don't, I don't think so. But yeah, I remember that. You did have a man bun, but she remembered that. Yeah, it's a, it, was a, it was a thing. It's it no was longer a thing. thing. <laughs> it's cut now. It's it, no longer it, a thing. And now you look like Loki with a beard. I'll take that. Yeah, that's what you should dress up as for Halloween. But then I would have to shave. So what? Don't you shave once in a while? No. No, no never? No. <laughs> All right. Definitely not. All right, let's talk about Grip 6 Belts. <laughs> Here's what you do for Grip 6 Belts. You do us a favor for the Locked on Bengals podcast. Just go to their website, gripsix.com, and if you do, just check it out. Look at it. That's all we're asking for. You don't have to buy anything if you don't want, if you don't want to, but look at it and let it sell you because I think they're awesome. Yeah, Joe really likes the belts. Get him one. The special offers are grip6.com slash L-O-C-K-E, grip6.com slash lock. We'll be right back with the last notes that we'll have on today's OTAs. And we'll finally talk about how Gerald McCoy, well, what's happening with Gerald McCoy. We'll get there. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, welcome back for segment three of the Locked On Bengals Podcast. We are going to update you on the Gerald McCoy watch. Uh, he met with the Browns. Sounds like they had a good meeting, or at least there was they were top on his board. Uh, but then he visits with the Ravens today, and now they're disappointing visit for the Bengals uh, perspective. He is staying there in Baltimore. They're going out to dinner. Things are quote going well from Jacina Anderson on Twitter. Yeah, Jacina Anderson also tweeted about 41 minutes ago from the time of recording. McCoy is at dinner with Ravens coaches and players. We'll see in the morning, she was told by a source. Another tweet that I saw said that the deal that the uh, visit could well extend until tomorrow. That was actually Jeff Zrebeck, who is the athletic writer for the Baltimore Ravens. You should just assume they're athletic writers from now on. Well, the other ones are ESPN. That's it. That's the two now. Mary Kay Cabot. I don't know what that means. She's she's the Browns beat writer in Cleveland. Oh, oh, I see. You're trying to prove me wrong. Anyways, <laughs> yeah. So so, uh, it sounds to me 
like a deal in Baltimore could be likely. And I think if that doesn't happen, we'll have to see if any other visits are reported. When he was even in Cleveland, I think really quickly after the visit or during the visit, the news broke that he was going to be in Baltimore on Tuesday. Yeah. This time there's no news floating out there right now that he has any other visits lined up. We'll see if any of that comes out later tonight or tomorrow. Probably not tonight at this point. But it's looking like the Bengals' interest in Gerald McCoy may not come to fruition at this point unless something unexpected happens, which could happen. We're hoping for the unexpected. Give me chaos. I'm a fan of it. Chaos is a ladder. So what are the the other players stood out? What else do we have on notes? We have some wide receiver notes because, as Cat Terrell noted, A.J. Green was not practicing, so that meant a whole lot more snaps for Josh Malone and... uh, Auden Tate. Oh, Auden Tate. Auden Tate got a bunch of snaps. And Cat Terrell said that um, Josh Malone looked pretty good today, Did it had a lot of separation. Andy Dalton overthrew him on a deep ball at one point, which is not what you'd like to hear, but it's a good he was sign. Open. <laughs> it's a good sign that Josh Malone is getting open. Yes, because... and I'm assuming that's on the outside, and we've talked about this before. Yes. They struggled last year on the boundary. Right. The other note from Paul Denner is that John Ross had some dominant moments in the red zone today. There was a lot of red zone today. It sounds like it was a red zone focused OTA or open practice or whatever. Should we but be he, surprised with that in the red zone? It's, 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 I think, becoming defined. If nothing right. else, if John Ross can't give you much between the 20s, at least in the red zone, he can create space and catch touchdowns. You know what I think is weird about that is – because of his size and type, I want to say. Yeah, okay, so he's a little bit smaller, slightly below average, and fast, right? So you assume finesse, and he kind of is. Uh, deep threat, you know, nothing more than that. At the very least, I think a lot of fans thought that. But he was a dominant red zone weapon in college. And at, there was a lot of games even in college where you're like, man, he caught only three balls and two touchdowns, and they're in the red zone. And uh, he led college football in red zone touchdowns. And I think people didn't know that or forgot about it. And then he... Kind of did that last year for the Bengals. And, uh, and now he's doing it again in OTAs. That's, I mean, right. At the very least, I, we talk about Auden Tate. Fans will say, well, at the very least, he should be a red zone weapon. Yeah, but you kind of have that in Ross right now. We kind of need someone to do the other stuff. You have that in Ross and you have that in Eifert when he's healthy. Oh, yeah. For sure. Those are your two. Well, Green actually in his career, I don't think has been a great red zone target. Really? So most of the touchdowns are outside of it or are a good percentage? I would have to go look again. Maybe it's been a few years since I've looked at this, but I remember thinking and and being surprised at how ineffective A.J. Green was in the red zone because he has that size and he has the ball skills and he has the body control. He has everything you need to make those crazy sideline plays. But but maybe maybe he wasn't getting many targets. I don't remember. We would have to go look again. I'd like, because you can pull up stats for that, but I'd like yes. to see um, PFF grades on different parts of the field. I bet you our guy Evan McPhillips could do that. We have to get him on the podcast one of these days. I've been talking to him about it for a while. Maybe we'll bring that up. That's maybe a good topic. Yeah, we'll, we'll bring that up next next week, maybe. Yeah, this week, this week's pretty full already, I would say. But so, good for um, Auden Tate to get reps and for Josh Malone to uh, get his opportunity to step up. Yes. And it sounds like Cattrall didn't notice a bunch from Auden Tate, so maybe he wasn't getting targets, maybe he wasn't getting open, but 
it's still good that he's getting reps. And it's interesting that he's getting reps before, you know, maybe some of the other guys. Cody Core on the roster, Cody Core being one for sure. And I did I, none of no one's really said much about Stanley Morgan either, so maybe he's not really getting much run as an undrafted free agent. You wouldn't necessarily expect him to. Right. Yeah, that it would be crazy for an undrafted guy to be making noise right now. And there are like 12 wide receivers on the roster as well. There's double as there are edge players as we talked about. So Ryan Finley, the last guy, right? Getting notes. Said yes. he uh, struggled. Cat Terrell said he struggled a bit. His first throw, I think, was overthrown and intercepted. A couple of people tweeted that out. Uh, but then someone else said that he was nearly flawless in the red zone. So another red zone positive as the Bengals focused on that portion of the field. Today. Yeah, he was he was five of six on red zone attempts for five touchdowns, with three of those coming in elevens and two of those coming in seven on seven. So he was three of four in the eleven on eleven drills for for three touchdowns. So. As you mentioned, Joe, these guys that are system guys are excellent, very efficient, don't make mistakes in the red zone. Although Andy Dalton did throw an interception. I'm not clear on if that was a red zone rep or not. But uh, William Jackson had an interception of Andy Dalton undercutting a Tyler Boyd route, which Paul Denner points out is is a good note because the Bengals dropped a lot of interceptions last year. So So that was in the red zone. I don't know if it was in the red zone. Well, I'm just thinking because... uh... You know, if Jackson's on Boyd, then Boyd is either lined up on the outside or Jackson's in the slot. So, or it's a weird zone. Sure. Deal. Yeah, you're right. It could be a zone. Very could be in and Boyd's running an out route and it's a cover two and he undercuts it and intercepts it. Yeah, you're right. And and with um with AJ out, it could be that Boyd is getting some reps outside. I wouldn't be surprised at that at all. He'll play outside a little bit. That's right. And he did last year. He caught a touchdown versus already murdered on the outside. Yes. Let's see. Anything else? Ryan Finley, yeah, he threw a pick. We talked about him. What was your last note? My last note is, if you were affected by the tornadoes in Ohio, our thoughts are with you, and we hope you are safe. I meant to mention that in the open. Heard about those terrible tornadoes in Dayton. We hope you're safe. We're sending our best wishes to you out in Dayton. Really hope everything's all right out there. That is going to do it for us, however. We'll be back tomorrow with more coverage of this OTA. Hopefully we'll have some news on Gerald McCoy coming to Cincinnati, or if not, we'll have some news on Gerald McCoy generally. As always, you can find the Locked On Bengals podcast on the Himalaya app. It's free. It's easy to use. It'll have every podcast you could possibly search for, and it'll make recommendations for you. Until next time, Bengals fans, have a good one. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.